Hello and welcome to the Jeffrey Podcast. I'm John and I'm here with my brother Gordon. Hello. Hello. We talk about different bands and rank their albums and pick songs for a playlist. And this time we are doing one of your favourite bands, I, I would say, Muse. So what made you pick me? Or how did you discover Muse? First time I heard them was just on the radio. I heard when Mus- Muscle Museum, I think it must have been when it was re-released as a single. And I heard them. And I liked it. I wasn't sure who it was, suspected it might. I wondered if it was Radiohead. As as many did, I think, yes. in those days, as, as I'm sure we'll get on to. I think we'll come to that, yeah. Yeah, and just liked it. So I bought the first album off the back of that. Then I didn't really... I, I did listen to the album a bit, but I also was having a life. And I didn't sort of come back to them till about, I think it was 2004, when I saw them at Tea in the Park. And they were headlining the second stage. So I had a bit of a quandary of who, whether to watch them or um, headlining the first stage was David Bowie. Well, no quandary there in my view. It turned into definitely no quandary as it was when David Bowie had heart trouble and he ended up dropping out. So the headline ended up being The Darkness on the other stage. So yeah, again, no quandary. But... So definitely no quandary. Yeah. And so got back into them then. So I've seen them a couple of times live since then as well. Are they as good live as people always say? Yeah, I think the, the only they are very good live. Definitely, they're a big, you know, they have the stadium thing and they have all the lights and whistles a bit, sort of like Pink Floyd do. I think the only thing, sort of negative, is is slightly that I think sometimes their uh, set lists don't vary quite as much as I would like to. But the, the, it is definitely good, and they obviously have tried different ideas. And it's I've only I've only seen them twice, so I'm not some great expert who's seen every tour. I've seen the Black Holes and Revelations tour, and I saw the Second Law tour. And obviously in 2004 it was... Was it that long ago? No, 2004 when I saw them at Tea in the Park, that was Absolution uh, okay. tour, but that was at a festival, so it was a kind of best-of set anyway. I remember you going to see them in Manchester. Yeah, that was the Second Law tour, which was very good. And we had a lovely pizza beforehand. Well, it was probably better than those crappy photos you put on Facebook from Rose Ed wherever it was you were at the back. Well, they weren't that bad, the pictures, but we were quite far back. We were at the side, but sort of quite far back. My uh, uh, experience of Muse was probably the late 90s, I guess it must have been. I don't recall the exact date, but I became just generally aware of them. But it seemed like I didn't really know much about them, but it was that kind of period of time when, you know, there was that sort of explosion of indie bands, just the sort of rising from the ashes of Britpop. All those yeah. people that had grown up listening to the Smiths and the uh, the Stone Roses and heavily influenced by Radiohead, there just seemed to be this kind of explosion of loads of different bands that, and, and they seemed everywhere. And I'd never heard of any of them. And Muse to me just sort of got a little bit lost in all of that until I heard Feeling Good on the radio, and I just thought, wow, this is brilliant. So I kind of picked up on them around then, and then kind of just drifted off somewhere in the middle, somewhere probably after Black Holes. And didn't really go back to them that much until you made me do so for this. Fair enough. So that will have been, a, was it about 2001, Origin of Symmetry? It, w- I could, so it will have must been have been around then. I was living in Brighton at the time, because I remember buying the record when I was in Brighton. So I remember that much. Yeah. So we kind of done it in shifts, haven't we? Because you kind of followed them for the I did the middle bit. shift. I, I dropped off, yeah. Yeah. So between us, we've got it covered, which is fortunate, isn't it? It is. And, you know, look, when you sort of look at it, there are bands that seem to be sort of heavily influenced by three of my favourite ever bands, by 
Radiohead, of course, by Rage Against the Machine and by Deus. So you'd think this would be sort of my perfect storm of a band. So let's explore if that's actually the case as we go through the albums. So shall we kick off with the first one? Yeah. Oh, we should say, actually, we have done some research for this as well. We have read books and stuff. Do you want to just tell, what have you read? I read two books. So the first one is called Muse Inside the Muscle Museum by Ben Myers, which covers kind of the first half, really. It says on the cover, fully updated to include black holes and revelations. Wow. So super up to date. Yeah, it was out of a charity shop. So you get what you pay for, don't you? And the second one is Out of This World, The Story of Muse by Mark Bowman, which I think goes up... I can't remember now. It goes up to um, Drones, doesn't it, I think? Because you read that as well. Yes, that's the one I read. Yes. I'd forgotten the name of it because uh, it's actually a while since I read it. Read several books since then. Hmm. Uh, but yes, that's the one I read. And yes, it goes up to about drones. So, we d- I mean, there isn't really much to say in terms of the story, in terms of how they got together. They're just th- three guys from Tainmouth in Devon. Ta- yeah, Tainmouth. Although they're not from Tainmouth. So I think that they were all... They grew up there. Yeah, yeah. They, they sort of, I think, all moved there as smallish children. And Matt and... Dom, I think, specifically became friends earlier on and then recruited Chris a little bit later. But they were all in the same sort of social circle because obviously they were, they were in bands. So we've got Matt Bellamy, who's on guitar, vocals, keyboards, and seems to be a bit of a musical prodigy from the book that I read, really pick, picked up music very, very easily. And wasn't actually that keen on being the singer. He just sort of fell into it because no one else wanted to be the singer. More of a kind of muso-type person. You look doubtful. Why, why, why have you got that look on your face? Well, I, I'm not sure, because I think it's more to do with confidence, because they, they're saying that, you know, when he went to, um, was it Reading, and then saw Jeff Buckley singing, he then sort of, that gave him the confidence to then sing. But I think he just thought people wouldn't be interested in his more sort of higher-pitched soprano wailings. And then when he saw Jeff Buckley, he sort of got the confidence then to actually think, OK, this might work. But, so we've got Matt anyway, and then we've got um, Chris Wollstoneholm on bass, and then Dominic Howard on drums. And that's the same lineup the whole time that it's a, a power rock trio. So they make um, first album, Showbiz. What are your thoughts about their early work? It is a little bit dismissed, I think, because it's before they kind of find their sound. But even though obviously it is heavily influenced by Radiohead, amongst other guitar bands, I do still think it's a really good album. And most of the songs are really good and really strong. So I think it's kind of a little bit unfairly ignored. There are some really cracking songs on it. Did did you like it? Yes, yes-ish. Uh, I hadn't heard it ever before until we did this. And, and I thought it felt a, a little bit kind of ragtag, a little bit, you know, loose, but certainly not bad. And it definitely has some high points. It feel, It does feel like a first album. It feels like it sort of lacks poise, and as you say, they haven't quite found their sound. And you can see why they would be compared to Radiohead. I mean, it does sound quite a lot like early Radiohead. Although I actually think it's better than Pablo Honey, probably. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's definitely better than Pablo Honey. Because I think I think Radiohead, that's, I think Pablo Honey's quite a weak album, and then they go on to do good albums. Whereas this, although it's different sound, is, is still a good album. It, it is, but it's... I mean, we're going to end up having to just say words like bombastic because you can't talk about Muse without saying... Like, you've got to say the word Radiohead, you've got to say the word bombastic. So let's just get those out of the way. It is bombastic and it does sound like Radiohead. It also sounds a bit naive. It also sounds a little bit, you know, like you said, it doesn't quite cohere. 
round rounds of sound, but it's not bad at all. That sounds like a big pile of criticism. It is, and it is, and I won't bother listening to it again, I don't think, but it is pretty good for an opening shot. They should be rightly proud of what is a, a decent first and quite ambitious album, obviously except the song Philip, which is bloody rubbish. But apart from that, I don't think there's a duffer on there. Okay. So we know that's not going on the playlist. That's not going on the playlist, no. Were you going to we you weren't going to suggest it, I, I assume. No, I wasn't. But I just like that the obviously the hit single Muscle Museum. So the, the fact on that is the the song title just comes from the dictionary, doesn't it? And it's the, the they're the word side to side of muse in the dictionary. Yeah. Which is an odd thing to name your song after. But it why is. not? Why not? Yeah. And also I think something that I remember from the books is that it, some of the guitar solo is actually just singing them and not playing them on guitar. And he was just singing them and apparently they played them through a guitar amp and it sounded like a guitar. I mean, he does have a really good voice. Mm. You know, he is a very good singer and a very good musician. I think he's a cracking guitarist and, and an interesting one. He does really try and, you know, muck about and come up with new ideas, new sounds, different ways of doing things. And I have to say as well, I really like Chris Walsenham. I think he's a really good bass player. Uh, he's very influenced by Tim Comerford from Rage Against the Machine, who is one of my favourite ever bass players. So, But I do really like the bass playing. I think it really drives it along. I think it's really powerful, uh, very musical. So I think they're, they're really good musicians, great singers. Singer, singular. I don't think Chris is that great a singer, as we'll get on to when we get to <laughs> okay. the second law. Let's hold off on that. Yeah. So what songs do you want to pick? I My, my favourite two are the two obvious ones, really, Muscle Museum and Falling Down. I don't, all the rest, well, not all the rest of them. There's a few others that I quite like. I really don't like Philip, as I said, I don't like Sober. Mm. Okay. Um, I think those, those just aren't, don't stand up at all. But a couple of other ones are okay, like Sunburn's All Right and uh, Cave, um, Unintended, Uno. They're all right as well. Okay. Where do you stand on songs? Well, I've got Sunburn and Uno as my top two. Gosh. I'm very happy with Muscle Museum being picked definitely okay so we can put that on we go for that and then one of sunburn or uno whichever you prefer um well they're all singles aren't they i'm trying to not be too obvious but they're all singles aren't they well it doesn't really matter about being obvious we should try and pick what we think is the best representation of the album well i probably prefer sunburn but i'm tempted i kind of want to pick uno well you're gonna have to explain that then because that makes no sense what you just said well because i think uno's a bit sunburn and muscle museum are more similar to me, whereas Uno, I think it's a little bit, it's a bit harder and a bit more, bit different, just to vary okay. styles a little bit. I, I, I think you've convinced me that Uno should be the one. Okay. To partner Muscle Museum, usually they start the albums in a quite a samey way, so the first two are usually sort of like you know big fellas, real kind of mm. blast, blast the cobwebs away type things. Yeah, I mean that's something they do live as well. Is they'll come out and bang sort of five singles at you also over popular and get get you on side and then they'll kind of drift off a little bit and they but they uh yeah they always kind of like that's how they seem to just start it's like go straight at it and no messing around i, I think that's a reasonably common dynamic isn't it for live live mm. shows is to come out and blast you into the car park with the you know big rockers and then usually end similarly and sort of have the kind of more gentle bits somewhere in the middle yeah Going back to Radiohead again, there were the few that sort of come out and play something relatively dreary like Daydreaming, but most yes. bands don't do things like that. I'm not going to respond. Yeah. So we're happy with that one, yeah? Yeah. 
that they, they kind of hit the big time fairly quickly after showbiz. They seem to be, especially in France, they seem to be sort of getting huge in France uh, in particular, less so the UK. And they signed uh, in the US to Madonna's label, Maverick. So they seem to be sort of really get quite successful quite quickly and get a real kind of devoted following. So I think this kind of period of time, they were really quite high on that whole being crazy rock star thing. Loads of magic mushrooms, loads of booze, loads of partying. Um, and then they come up with Origin of Symmetry as their second album. What do you think of Origin? I'm not sure. I think it has something lacking. I, I, I really, I do still like the album. And I know it's like a sort of a favourite with the fans and it's the first sort of of the Muse sound. And it kind of is, but it's still not quite there. And there are some really strong songs on it. Plugin Baby, which is supposed to be the sort of most popular song, has never washed with me. I've just never really been a massive fan of it as well, which I think is part of it. I think I'm bored of that song, got bored of it very quickly. But it's an alright album. I mean, Newborn, I think is great. Yeah, I like that. But otherwise, I think, yeah, it's fine. But it's it's more kind of on more of another development album, I think. Yeah, I think I mainly agree with you. I'd probably be slightly more positive than your being there, but I don't not because I disagree. I just think it's such a great step forward from Showbiz. I had Showbiz as a two and a half star album, whereas Origin is a three point four star album. Out of what? Five. Okay. Stars are always out of five. Okay. Everyone knows that. So for me, it's a three point five star album. Um, and I've done this 3.4 star. Sorry, I've done this scientifically following your method now, you see. Okay. Hence, hence I've got the, the the numbers in front of me. So to me, that's like, a, for me, it's a massive step forward. As you say, they really are finding their sound. Although I still think they're guilty of bombastic radioheadness. I, I don't think they've quite shaken that off yet. They are finding their own way. They are sounding different. Definitely some songs do. But I think the similarity of Matt's voice to Tom York's voice is is the main thing apart from that i think they're drifting quite quite differently so as i said the bass is very different the the size of the songs is is on a different league Mm. yeah i mean because i don't i don't think they do sound too like radiohead here i mean obviously i mean they never shake off being bombastic no (laughs) and they don't try to to. oh no no absolutely um you know it's a word we could use and probably will on every single album but yeah, I, I don't think the Radiohead similarity to me, or maybe it's because I'm less familiar with Radiohead. I think they've they've lost that really from this album onwards. I mean, there are little sort of notes and bits here, here and there, but but generally, I think it's gone. Well, I I think it's still hints of it, and as I say, I think it's more probably because of Matt's voice more than anything else, and some of the searing nature of the songs, in the same way as Radiohead sometimes kind of like wail at the moon with those kind of songs. You know what I mean? Hmm. But I think what the that the producer at the time had worked with Deus, and he was making them listen to Deus. He was the guy who um, Bottrell, Chris Bottrell, who did um, the Ideal Crash. So he was really sort of playing them Deus. They were very uh, enthused by that. They were listening to Tom Waits and Captain Beefheart and those kind of things, which were of course Deus influences, and still very into Rage Against the Machine. So I think you can hear more of those influences in here. Mm. Uh, which to me is making it more interesting. But you still, they're also quite into sort of classical, which I suppose is where a lot of that's the bombast comes from as well, which again is yeah. quite quite different from Radiohead, who've never really gone down that route that much. So they are definitely getting different, but there is still sort of hints of Radiohead ringing through it. But as I say, I think that's more about Matt's voice. 
Yeah, I think also lyrically they've kind of found the place a bit because this is when all the sort of the sci-fi um, conspiracy theory stuff is like coming into the the lyrics, and it is something I do like about Muse, and that sort of style of of lyrics is is started I think properly on this album. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, and also that they're a band that kind of appear to be taking themselves ever so seriously, but they're not really, and they're kind of starting to let you in on some of that as well. I think, which I quite like. Yeah, I think I think I don't think they do take themselves that seriously. I think they're fully aware of how sort of bombastic and ridiculous they are at times. Less so in this album and the sort of next album, but certainly kind of when you get to Black Holes and Revelations on onwards, it does. There is sort of some ridiculousness through the albums, and I think I think they're fully conscious of it and fully aware of it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, they appear to be, you know, deadly serious, mm. but actually. I think they're not they're much less so than than they might appear when you sort of scratch the surface. Yeah. I also like the cover of this album more much more than I liked the cover of Showbiz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I really do like this cover and I think Showbiz cover is not very good at all. No. So it, it's, it's all right. They're not even but, close. No. But I do really like this. I think it's it's sort of an odd color, the orange which just sort of mm. stands out. But then there's uh as you say it's that kind of conspiracy theory implies a conspiracy theory of this kind of listening poles and very spacey yeah are we going to pick some songs then yes let's do that so should we just pick newborn we can do that's certainly one of my faves of the album yeah well i think it's the best on the album by far well i think the best on the album is feeling good but then that's not one of their original songs i adored that when it was uh, nina simone Mm. so i always came at that with a very soft spot anyway and i do think they do a brilliant version of it yeah but I don't think we should put that on the list because I'm not that keen on putting cover versions on. So I, my argument would be for Dark Shines. Okay. I love the kind of thumb, thundery drumming on it. I think it's a, a great track. I think that the whole album, I think, generally is quite consistent. So I don't really mind what you pick. Although I would not pick Screenager. I think that's the one I like least. If everything else is actually quite a similar mark. Yeah, Screenager is the one that I've marked lowest as well. So you want Dark We'll put Dark yeah, Shines Yeah, let's go for Dark you. Shines, yeah. This album is even more massively successful. So they're kind of parting to excess, trashing the stage, you know, trashing all the guitars and stuff and uh, massive consumption of alcohol and mushrooms and things was getting quite serious at this point. They had problems with the US company as well because this didn't actually get released in the US by Maverick. So there were problems there with the U- with. Do you know much about that? Yeah, the Maverick kind of lost interest because they didn't become massive Immediately. Massive stars in America immediately. So they didn't bother releasing Origin of Symmetry. And I think there was something in the book, wasn't it, about Muse realised that there was a time limit on their, on them being able to release the album. So they just kept quiet and didn't say anything to Maverick and let the contract basically expire and then shopped around for a new one. Okay. Um, and then sort of, so when they were coming to release Absolution, they were looking around for, or they sorted out a new record deal with somebody else. And then, so I think the um, the new people then did release Origin of Symmetry, but it came out quite late. They then went on to do Absolution, which is the first album of theirs I actually bought. And so this must be when you is were it? getting on with the real life. So why didn't you get Origin of Symmetry? If um... I just bought the C, the single of Feeling Good. Oh, I okay. I didn't because that was what was available at the time. I guess it was before the album came out, and then I forgot real life getting in the way and all that. And then went back to them and bought Absolution. So this must have been around 2005, I think, or 2004, 2005. 
So I remember having it in the car CD player when I was living in America. Yeah, well, this was 2004, so this is when oh, I... go, then. The, the, um, yeah, I saw them at Two in the Park, 2004, which was a week or two after their famous Glastonbury headline performance, which is another jump up in their popularity, because that, that was on... That was on telly and they came out and took the festival by storm. So um, that that was another, certainly in this country, was, I think, a great big jump up in their popularity then. So by the time they come to do Absolution, Matt's kind of relaxed a bit and sharing the songwriting more, a bit less sort of controlly, bringing Dom and Chris into it more. So it's got a slightly different kind of feel to it for that, perhaps. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it's, um, it is another, it is a step up, definitely. I think it's a really, really strong album. No sorry, bad songs sorry, on it. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. I do apologise because we didn't say whether we liked Origin of Symmetry more than Showbiz. We forgot to rank them. Yes, I realised that just as I was starting out. So I thought sorry. I'd come back to it. No, let's do it now. Okay. So what? What are we putting Origin of Symmetry above Showbiz? Uh, yes, I think we are. Great. Okay. It be- do you barely- agree? Yeah, yes, absolutely. It was barely worth interrupting you for, was it? No, I would say not at all. <laughs> sorry. Almost rude. <laughs> all right, well... Get back into your flow and we'll go back to Absolution. I do f- think this is another step up. This is up. It's a lot better. It's more consistent. There isn't a bad song on it, I would say. And there's a lot of very, very good songs on here. I think this is why it was a bit of a breakthrough album for them. It's because they could bang out sort of four or five or whatever it was. Actually, I think it might have been six singles off this album. And they were all really good and strong. The the only sign of minor criticism is, is I think, like Origin of Symmetry, it is quite, I want to use the word samey, but I think that's a little bit unfair, but it's it's more, it doesn't jump around as much in, in style as sort of the later albums do. Yeah, I had the same point, actually, that, again, very positive about it. It's got loads of really cracking songs on it, and I think it is a very accomplished album. It feels quite interesting. There's a lot going on on it. The I, I think the Radiohead, Radiohead thing is pretty much absent now. I think it's now it's it's not a fair criticism by this point at all, or a fair observation by this point at all. I think Matt Bellamy and Tom York. You obviously there are some similarities in voice, but I think Tom York's probably more emotional, but Matt's more powerful singer, and much more of a rock star. You know, he really parades around and really kind of you know wears funny glasses and has lasers off his guitar and stuff. You know, that any similarity is completely superficial. I think they're really quite different characters. Uh, the album itself, I think, as you say, I thought it was a bit samey. It's for my taste, it's a bit too orchestral, which I'm not that into. Um, but it's quite proggy, which I don't particularly mind. They're quite like a bit of prog, and they're quite heavy as well, which I also like. So yeah, I think, but I agree with you. It's got some really good songs on it, and there isn't really a bad song on it. Apparently, they were working with a guy called Rick Costi, Rich Costi, who worked with Rage Against the Machine and Fiona Apple. Again, so two of my favourites there as well. So. They're certainly working with some cracking people. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree, really. And I think that, the two actually, some of the songs are in really quite heavy and to still keep it quite sort of melodic while being that heavy, I think is is a good achievement and it, it, it does make for a great record. Yeah, it is a really good album. It is a, a very strong album. Uh, apparently, originally, it was going to be quite a happy album. That was their intention. Um, but then because Iraq war happened around this time and that sort of really got into Matt's head, it became a lot more political. And then they decided to just deliberately go really over the top and, you know, turn the bombast up to up to 11 um, just for the sheer hell of doing so. So what what tracks do you want to pick off this one? I think that's quite a hard question, actually. Um, I like Apocalypse Please, Time Is Running Out, song 
sing for absolution i quite like the intro as well but obviously we wouldn't pick that mm. but i do quite like it it's a bit pink floydy but I, I do quite like that falling away with you is good blackouts really good butterflies and hurricanes ruled by secrecy i don't really like thoughts of a dying atheist i think that would probably be my weakest track on there okay but i would the, the only one i would probably make an argument for would be butterflies and hurricanes apart from that i'd be fairly comfortable with you picking any of the others that i've mentioned okay because you seem to basically read out the track listing missing out my two favorites what were your favourite interlude and hysteria or Stockholm Syndrome? Or? Stockholm Syndrome and Hysteria. Although I wouldn't suggest we pick both because they're both sort of on the heavy end. We're not going to pick both. We're picking Butterflies and Hurricanes for one of them. Okay. But I'm happy with... I do like Hysteria and I do like Stockholm Syndrome as well. Uh, I probably well, prefer I'll... Hysteria of the two. Okay. So we'll go with Hysteria. And you want Butterflies and Hurricanes? Yeah. For me, that's the best on the album. But well, that's that's the one with the biggest sort of classical influence, which is the one you said you didn't like. Well, well, it's not. It's, you're, you're slightly uh, twisting my words there. I I felt that f- for me, it's too orchestral, is what I said. Okay. Which isn't quite the same thing, because uh, prog in general is is quite informed by classical, and that's a very English kind of sound. Mm. Whereas the standard rock tends to come more from blues, which is a, gives it that much more American sound. So I kind of do quite like the prog stuff um i'm just less keen on when it gets all very orchestral because then it's getting into that size of the song that that oh god i can't stop saying the word bombastic but it, that's where it just feels like it and i'm not i don't particularly like music that that's just that massive it feels that almost unwieldy to me and it's a little bit like that where that's what i mean by orchestral i don't particularly like and i don't particularly like orchestral instruments that much because they don't they don't feel so raw they don't feel so emotional i kind of more like the the crash of a guitar and a piano and a bass and a drum you know do you know what i mean you're looking at you're looking at me askance yeah well i am a bit askance because i don't really agree but you know it that's all to do with um people's taste isn't it yeah so it's, it's fair enough but it is a good album it's a very good album i i very much enjoyed it at the time and still enjoy it Definitely would put it above Origin and Showbiz. Okay, so that's, that was the next question, wasn't it? So yeah. I agree. I think those those are the those are the sort of easy ones that they're clearly each one is stepping up. I think from this point on that that becomes much more difficult, much less obvious how to rank them. Okay. Yeah, well, you, so you, shall you, we? You, you're keeping your powder dry on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I'm not sure I agree, but let's let's go. Let's go to 2006, fella. Okay. To um, Black Coals and Revelations, the next one. Okay. Another good cover. I do like this cover. Yeah. So this is Storm Ferguson of Pink Floyd cover fame who did this one. And there's lots of symbolisms within all the four people. It's the four horses of the apocalypse and things. And uh, I can't remember all the symbolism, but there is quite a lot of it in it. Can you say it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse? What did I say? Four horses. It's, it's the men on the horse that are the key to the apocalypse. Not It's not just four horses. Yeah, there's also no horses on the cover. Although <laughs> there possibly is on the table, actually. But So it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, represented by the four fellows playing chess. Right. And there is lots of other symbolism in there, in a sort of House Pink Floyd kind of sometimes did with their covers. Yes, and Storm Ferguson tends to do. Tends to be his style, isn't it? That sort of symbolic metaphors and stuff like that. Yeah, and often comes up with covers that look 
animated and then you find out that he actually set it up for real and did it yeah he, he well we should we'll when we talk about pink floyd we will probably mention that but uh things yeah. like you know the momentary lapse of reason the hundreds of beds on the beach you just assumed that they were put in the photoshopped in or something but no they actually put you know 600 beds on a beach yeah yeah in fact talking of that going back an album absolution that is a photograph those shadows he is storm Ferguson again he got those shadows. They're actually real shadows. It's not animated. I do like that cover as well, actually. It is a good cover. It is, yeah. They're very yeah. striking well, covers, I think. I say apart yeah. from showbiz so much. But the other the other three are very striking covers. Really, really do catch the eye. Yes, I agree. So what do you think of the album? Well, this is the other album that I own of theirs that I bought at the time. Um, off the back of the, the hit single Supermassive Black Hole, which I thought was a, a cracker. And still do. I think it's a, a really good song. And and I do like the album. I think it's, it feels to me a bit more interesting, a bit more experimental. Um, again, they were still listening to people like Deus, so you can you, you can hear that it it feels tighter and poppier, but still a bit more experimental, a bit less samey. We say the other one was a bit same. I don't feel this is. There's times when they sound like Queen. I think you know, like especially in Soldier's Poem, with some mm. of the harmonic singing, which obviously they they do they develop that absolutely shamelessly. In future albums, this well, the next album in particular, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a really good album. It's interesting. It's it's different. It's more varied, and that means that sometimes I, I would say it's a little bit worse. But I think it has higher peaks as well. What do you think? I largely agree with you, and that that's what I, I think I like about it is the variety of it. I do think it's still up there in terms of quality of the songs, though. I think I like it more than you do from what you're saying. I think it's just really good and they, they do have this is the first album where they've in, introduced sort of the variety of sort of styles and it is all all over the place in a good way and yeah i just think it's um it's really good and there's no there's no oh, i'm not that enough because i say there's no song i don't particularly like but actually who do i think is quite weak but the rest of it i really really love yeah well i, I think in general you like muse more than i do so i think we will see that just generally I, i'm not a big muse fan well, I think like yourself, when you, you you put the bits of Muse that are, you know, the sort of heavy rock with quite melodic and lots of piano and all the also go quite poppy, they, they should be my favourite band ever, really. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. When you look at who they're supposedly are the sort of three main influences feeding into them, mm. they should be my favourite band ever, but they're not. And I think it's mainly about the fact that they just become just too enormous in terms of their songs become too enormous. They just there's too much going on. It's too orchestral. It's too bombastic. It's too much. And I just prefer a smaller size when it comes to things. That's that's kind of I think where I fall over them a little bit. But saying that, and saying the fact that I'm less keen on when things get too too big and operatic, probably my favourite song on this is Knights of Sidonia, which is like massively huge and operatic. Because they are bloody good at doing it. So even though I kind of don't like it in principle, in theory, when they get it right, it's really good. So yeah. That's why I think something like Knights of Sidonia, I would probably say is my favourite. Do you think this is sort of less? Because you haven't, this is the first album you haven't used the word bombastic to describe it. I think so I do did. You think it, do you think it's less so? Um, well, it is certainly as in places such as Knights of Sidonia. Um, but there's also, like, Supermassive Black Hole isn't. That's just a brilliant rock pop song i think that's just just a cracker so i think it before this it felt like they were almost a, a very skillful one-trick pony 
whereas they all they ever did was really just whack up the bombast to its maximum setting whereas here they're not doing that here they are showing so many other things that they're capable of doing so it's certainly at sometimes yes it is bombastic <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that word's getting so annoying yeah but less so and more varied because I, d- I don't think they have turned the bombast down so right but i mean you know it is something that it, it, there aren't many bands around that do that i think this is, this is something that you know they have kind of got in common with queen isn't it is the fact that they do that and they are sort of quite happy to be bombastic and ridiculous so yeah um, yeah although although queen turned that down and more or less got rid of it in the 80s and not that that's the point that we're talking about we'll do we'll do queen one day and we can discuss that then yeah yeah no we'll definitely do them because they are quite varied as well aren't they so yeah and um, okay so we need to pick songs have, are you going to pick one Knights of Sidonia and Supermassive Black Hole? Um, they probably are my favourites, but I'm also open. I do like Soldier's Poem. I do like Take a Bow. I, I, and again, I like I like most of them, really. Who do, as you said, not as much. Well, do I like most of them? I don't know if I do, actually. Map of the Problematique is okay, but I wouldn't sort of put it put it on my list. Okay, it's I on think, my list. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I do really love it. It's the, dr- the drumming in it, especially, I think, with it that... Uh, in that one, I just really love. I do like the way that they really try and make the drum and the bass different. They really do muck about and try different things. You know, they really kind of put the put them front and center at times, and really kind of they're not just background rhythm section. Well, Matt Bellamy sort of steps to the front and does his bit. They really are kind of three lead musicians that are yeah. all, all front and centre at different times and really all of them are experimenting and doing stuff that's quite interesting. Well, what songs would you pick then? I would probably pick Knights of Sidonia and Starlight or possibly, because they're be- they are both singles, maybe Map of... I think Map of the Problematique is next. More than Supermassive Black Hole? Yeah. And then there's, I think, Supermassive Black Hole... Is that just because you're bored of it? Take about, a little bit, I think, yeah. I think... Um, I then really like Take a Bow, Supermassive Black Hole, Exopolitics, then sort of Invincible, Assassin, City of Delusion. See, Invincible's one that I think, oh, it's all right. Soldier's, Soldier's Poem up there. Yeah, Soldier's Poem's nice. I think that's interesting. Mm. We both said Knights of Sidonia. Yeah. But also, that does feel like it's qu- that almost could have been on Absolution. It feels less different, if that makes any sense, less different. <laughs> Is it characteristic of the album in the same way Supermassive Black Hole and Soldier's Poem are, say? Well, I think in, in the fact that actually the style varies in the album, there isn't anything that's specific of the album. I don't, I don't think there's anything here particularly that sounds of absolution. I certainly wouldn't pick, if I was going to, to say Knights of Sidonia of it. Maybe that'll take a bow. Yeah, I think take a bow is an older song, isn't it? That got, yeah. um... So, look, just choose. Say what two you're going to choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, Knights of Sidonia, definitely. Okay, all right. Well, we're agreeing on that, so fine. You can choose the other one then, unless it's one I don't like. Okay, that's that's kind. Thank you. That's all right. So, okay, so my next one will be Map, map of the Problematique, which you don't like. No, I do. So it's then all we right. go to Starlight, or we could just do Supermassive Black Hole, if that's what you want. It is a good song. Yeah, let's do that. What, Supermassive? If you're okay with that. Yeah, I think so. I think it's such an emblematic single, such a, a, a it, it seems churlish to leave it off, to be honest. It was a bit like leaving Burning Down the House off the Talking Heads list. 
it just felt silly, even though we did it. Yeah. <laughs> but then we put it on at the end. So where are you ranking the album? Well, this is a very good question. Does it go above Absolution or not is, the, I think, the question. It definitely goes above Showbiz and Origin. Yeah. Um, I th- I, I've ummed and ahed with this many a time and put them one above the other. And thought, I think probably on the whole, I would put it above Absolution, just for its more experimentation, its variety. I think, but I'm open to persuasion if you disagree. Okay, I don't. I agree. I do think it's um, it's slightly better and more interesting than Absolution. Although Absolution, I do think, is a cracker as well. Yeah, I think on on balance, it just about sneaks ahead, but it doesn't feel to me like a big step forward in the way the other the way Showbiz to Origin to Absolution felt like they were big steps up a, a single path. This just feels like a sidestep. All right, so I, I do think it is a step on in style, and I do think it's because they've it is so much more different and varied and experimental. I, I do think feel it's a it step is, on, and I do to... think like which is why I had that my silly face on when you said that the. Of absolution, there was obvious steps on here, and this ended at absolution because I feel it didn't, and I feel it, you know, it does go on to this album as well. Well, I didn't say it descended. What well, I just meant that there were less obvious steps forward, whereas I think it's almost unarguable that Showbiz to Origin of Symmetry to Absolution. I think it's almost unarguable that those are clear step ups, hmm. probably a fairly sort of consistent path. Whereas when we get to black holes, I don't think it is so obvious, and I don't think it is just another step up. As you say, it's a step on in style. So it's kind of a step on, but not a step up. And steps on in style don't always work. So they are now like mega successful. They're, they're playing stadiums. They're, I think they've got their studio built in Italy now, where Matt has his girlfriend. So they record the resistance there in Italy. But Chris is much less around he's much more absent he's in rehab for alcoholism and he's really just coming in playing his bass parts and that's about it so for the resistance has got again a slightly different feel with less chris involvement and he's also got his kids and he? he's popping out kids like no tomorrow he's got six or something i don't know if he's got six at this point but he's um quite distracted from the band during the resistance yeah i think it was um isn't he having sort of one per album with the children is that is that, is that the way he's worked it out it's something like that, yeah. I guess it's when you, you go home after the tour or something like that, feeling yeah. a bit frisky. Well, at this point, he's sorting out his alcoholism, which is obviously brilliant. And mm. um, I, I know that changes him going forward, which is fantastic. Uh, but it does mean, that, as I say, he's a bit more absent from this album, which is another sort of step in the variety direction, I would say. What do you think of The Resistance? Yeah, I I would agree. I think it's it's you know more similar in style to Black Holes and Revelations in the in the sort of mixture of styles. I don't think it's quite as successful, but I do still really like it. I just think there are a couple of weaker songs on this one, and by a couple, I mean four. Yeah, that's usually what couple means, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm perhaps being a bit unfair actually, but I do think it. it I don't think the songs are quite as strong, but I do really like it, and it, it did actually take a while for me. I think this one to grow on me. I kind of only really liked a couple of songs initially, and then it's slowly, over the years, grown on me. And I do really like it now, and even the songs I don't particularly like as much, I do kind of like still enjoy their sort of, shall we say, bombastic ridiculousness to get it in for this album. Yeah, I think we've got to definitely tag on the word ridiculousness to the ubiquitous bombast. 
I think that's absolutely true. But I think that they are so self-aware of it at this point, at least that it's uh, it, that it's funny. Do you know what I mean? They they seem to be happy to burst their own pompous bubble with a kind of almost humorous approach to the sort of the bombast. <laughs> I mean, United States of Eurasia for me is so queeny; it's just ridiculous. And I don't mean that as criticism. I like it, but it, it. I mean, I belong to you. Similarly, it's it's nuts. You know, it's a real odd song. It's very enjoyable. It's one of my favourites. Um, but it's really queeny. It's very kind of almost kind of comedy. It's it's a very. I thought quite a. I thought it's quite a strange album, in that way. But but in a really good way. That there's some songs that I think are great. Really, really like. It feels a bit more intimate, a bit closer which I like again. In fact, I think that's probably what I dislike about music in general, and especially their early stuff, is it feels very far away because of its enormity, whereas this, it starts to feel a bit more intimate in places. So perhaps that's why it sort of grows on me as well. I've got a bit more of a soft spot for it, despite its kind of oddness and quirkiness. Yeah, I think think we're sort of fairly agreeing again here. But yeah, I do. I think interesting as well, we've got two songs here, at least, that, have, that don't actually have a guitar in it. So, you know, for, for for a sort of very famous sort of big guitar band, we've then got two tracks with no guitar at all. Their experimental side of things is they're not just trying to knock out the same old, same old. They are genuinely trying to do different things and put down the guitars, as you say. And But even going back to the first album, you said he's sort of singing guitar solos and stuff. They were always very open to quite different ways of doing things they they never aspired to just be another successful stadium rock band they always wanted they wanted to be a successful stadium rock band but they wanted to do it their own way and do it with an experimental edge yeah i think so and they've just got better at doing that i think basically yeah and when i say experimental i mean they're very mildly experimental i mean it's all still very melodic still very poppy still very tight it's not listening to somebody sort of hum along with a smacking a pan against the head for 10 minutes or anything like that. I mean, it's still pretty straight middle-of-the-road experimentation. They're experimenting within known styles and known, you know, known methods. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're not varying into performance art here, are they? It's, no. It's within their own sort of um, area. No, they're just doing a bit of electronic here, sounding very much like Queen there, you know, doing a lot of kind of you know, operatic harmonies here, uh, using a lot of classical things, as obviously the last three songs, where this sort of exogenous symphony is a, a three-part thing, is obviously, again, it's very informed by classical. But I think Matt is genuinely sort of interested in that kind of stuff. You know, it's not a pretension. He is genuinely into classical music, and, and hence it does inform a lot of their a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think cause from quite early on, he was still, he was interested in, in classical music, wasn't he? So... Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not any sort of um, pretension here. So what are we going to pick? What songs are you going to uh, would you argue for to be on the playlist? Okay. So two songs on this album are two of my favorite Muse songs. Ooh, um okay. so I'll throw them in and we'll see what you say. So it's Uprising and Undisclosed Desires. Well, Uprising is on my list as well as one of the top songs on the album. Um, I think that is one of their best songs ever, I would agree. I had that down as a you know, five-star song. Okay, uh, so I'll put un- that one on the list. Undisclosed Desires have a bit more meh. It's okay. It's fine. Maybe I need to listen to it more, perhaps, to hear what you hear in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, my other one would be I Belong to You. Okay. That would be my other choice. 
Yeah, but, um, I mean that that's one of my favourites too. I think with undisclosed desires, having seen other people rankings with Muse, I think perhaps it is just me, but I do really love it, and everyone else seems to go a bit dismissive of it. And it wasn't a hit as well, you know. As a it was was released as a single, but didn't do very well. Which personally, I don't I don't get. Well, it seems like the rest of the world disagree with you. Yeah. So, so um, I mean, I, if you want to put it, that's fine. I know Muse mean more to you than to me, so I'm okay for you mm. to sort of drive where you've got a strong opinion. I'm okay with I Belong to You as well, because that is one of my favourites as well. Well, well, that would be my choice. Well, let's put that on then. Okay. For its ridiculous queeniness as well. Yeah, I never sort of saw that. I'll have to go back and listen to that one, because uh, I never had that one as the queen. It wasn't the biggest queen one. The biggest queen one is the United States of Eurasia. Yes, yes, obviously, yes. When it all the harmonies. Yeah, I mean that 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 could come straight off. You know that middle middle era queen. Yeah, definitely. So, should we move on? Or are we we need say to rank, else? rank the album. Oh yes, we do. God, I'm all over the place today, aren't I? So where we've not oh, we've not done this for a while. So no, out of practice. Okay, well, for me, it's definitely in that top three. It's definitely above Origin and Showbiz. Right, I agree with you. I would probably put it at the bottom of that three. Okay. I I think, I agree, it's definitely got to go second or third. I don't think it's as, as strong as Black Holes and Revelations. When it comes to whether it goes above or below Absolution, I think it's a really difficult thing. Because I think if you look at the songs on Absolution... Absolution is stronger, but I think the resistance is is really good too. It's a bit more varied. It's more interesting. And if I was going to go pick an album off, you know, album off the shelf to listen to, I'm probably going to go for the resistance more than Absolution, more often. I I very much like your argument because looking beyond the sort of obvious ranking of the songs, and I, I I think I agree with you. I would be more likely to put the resistance on just because it's more interesting. Whereas Absolution just feels like peak Muse. There you go. That's just Muse doing their thing. Whereas this does feel like some Muse doing something interesting and doing something different. And so I think I would agree with you, actually. I had the mud the other way around in my ranking, but I wasn't entirely sure because that's just using my crude numerical methodology, which is only a guidance. It's not, a, it's not an absolute. So I'm okay with it going above Absolution based on your skillful argument there. Okay, thank you. Kind words. Well, call them like I see them. I think so. But I think all, all the, the, those top three especially, I do think, do stand above the rest so far. And um, yeah, the, the, all three of them are really good albums. Yeah, I would agree with you. Oh, just on the cover of Resistance, I, 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 to me they're taking a step down now in covers. Mm, I think yeah. it's their weakest cover so far by a long way. Oh, weaker than Showbiz. I think so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like the artwork with this. Yeah, I don't like Showbiz cover. And then the next three, I think, are all really good. And then there is a definite drop-off. And I'm not a massive fan of the rest of the covers. I think they've, they've definitely peaked cover-wise. Yes, definitely. Uh, and for me, this is probably... Up to this point is the worst. And then we go into the second law, which for me is probably the worst cover. Oh, you're making, you me doubt, you... you're making me doubt myself now with your oohs and your ahs. Are you including all the albums here, i.e. even the ones we've not got to yet? Uh, no, up to that point. Okay, so out of the eight albums, not the ten. Uh, yeah. 
Is that right? I think so. Ten. Ten. There's only eight albums. Oh, nine. Nine, is there? Eight. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We've done six. Second door is the sixth. It's no, I'm, I'm looking on Spotify and they've got... Um, yeah, they've got the Hullabaloo and all that stuff, haven't they? Um, yeah, live albums and stuff. That yeah. Harp, the live album, is the one of the concerts I went to. Ah. The, the, um, it comes with... Um, they played two nights at Wembley, the new Wembley, and the album is one night and it came with a DVD as well of the second night and the DVD is the night I went to. Oh, right. Are you on the DVD? Um, technically, probably, yes. But not visible? I, I, I was significantly further back than I was for the um, second law tour. The, the only similar story I have with that is for Rush, it, Rush's live album, A Show of Hands, and I had the, the, the ill fortune of going to see them on the Hold Your Fire tour, of all the tours to go and see them on, <laughs> and uh, at Birmingham's rather horrible NEC, and they were filming the I show, A Show of Hands, and they played three consecutive nights, and I'm there on the third night, and A Show of Hands is, is a combination of the first two nights. So I tell people I'm on that, but actually I was on the third night. Yeah, on their worst tour ever, in possibly the worst <laughs> venue ever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. And if you look back on setlist.fm, you think, oh my God. You know, like kind of worst setlist ever as well. Yeah, that was never Rushy's strong point. But Well, I, I similar, similarly saw Prince in uh, the same venue, and that was on his worst tour as well, because that was Batman tour, which is this kind of shit album as well. So, <laughs> but you you take what you can get, can't you? With sort of stars of that nature, you you, you just go to what you can get to because it's it's such a sort of a rare treat. I have to say, Prince was fucking amazing. Let's go back to Muse, Second Law. Yeah. What what did you think of this one? I, I reckon if you're a Muse fan, this must have been kind of a like you you know anxiously put the needle on the record or put the CD in the in the CD player. You must have been thinking, oh, okay, didn't expect that. It feels to me like a quite a quite a sideways step. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't massively looking forward to it, to be honest, because I heard, I'd heard the, um, you know, the Olympic song "Survival." Yeah. And "Madness" had both come out, and "Madness" to me felt like a sort of inferior copy of "Undisclosed Desires," which I'm not sure I agree with that now, but it's how I felt at the time. I wasn't really sure about the album, to be honest. And when I put it on, it kind of all came together a bit and it made sense a bit more. So I ended, I think all, I think what helped as well is I did get the special edition, which has got um, like a making of documentary with it. And I also did go see them on this tour. So I think that always helps. Yeah, it does. Yeah. There is, I think, it, again, it's it's more varied style and there are quite a few more, I think, weaker songs than there are on the previous couple of albums. There is some really good stuff I like as well. There are bits and pieces, and I think played as an album, it is actually greater than the sum of its parts as well. So I do, I do like all that, but I, it's it's certainly not their greatest album. I would be interested to know whether Supremacy was actually tried, you know, whether they actually wanted that to be a Bond theme, because there obviously is a nod to that, and I don't know whether they just thought, let's write a Bond song, or whether it was actually formally done. That would be interesting to know. Yeah, I, I thought Supremacy, I mean, I do like it as a, as, as an album opener, but to me it felt like it was a song out of a musical. And I don't really like rock bands sounding like they're in a musical. I just don't really like that style. I kind of initially loved the album and thought, wow, this is just so different sounding. Again, because I don't particularly like Muse that much. 
that I thought I was quite relieved, I suppose, because I'd listened to so much Muse to get to this point. It was quite a nice bit of a relief, something that didn't sound so much like Muse. But it kind of never really got better than that. I sort of, it sounded sometimes like quite a lot like the Divine Comedy, which I know is obviously one of your favourites, but especially songs like Follow Me. So, but I'm not a big Divine Comedy fan. I thought Big Freeze sounded a bit like U2. I'm not a big U2 fan. Panic Station sounded a bit sort of fairly weak, 80s sounding pop. Didn't really feel like there was much there. You could argue it's experimental because it's different, but it, it just felt a bit weak in 80s. It didn't really feel different good. Uh, Madness, you mentioned. I thought it starts pretty well, and I do like it, but I think it sort of lets itself down a bit towards the end. It doesn't really develop. doesn't really go anywhere. So I'm sounding awfully negative. Um, mm. I do think it's, a, I do think it's a, a, a decent album, and I do admire the fact that they're really trying to sort of try different stuff and, and go in different directions and... Uh, you know, fearlessly, just as you say, drop the guitars and, and just do things differently. And as you say, I think probably probably the whole is better than some of the parts, but only just. I'd probably say the highlights, maybe animals, I like. I quite like the second law, sweet at the end, especially the unsustainable. Mm. But supremacy and madness are quite good starts. Maybe madness would be. Maybe madness might be my favourite song. Maybe. Not sure. Not sure. It's it's kind of a middle of the mixed album. It's kind of a three star album for me. Okay, but three stars, all right, isn't it? Yeah, three decent album. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've made yeah. a duffer. I don't think any album of theirs is bad. None of them you'd sort of say, God, you know, this is stinking up the house. Check it out. They're all very competent, decent albums. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think it starts quite well. I do really like Supremacy. I've grown to like Madness, and I really like Panic Station as well. And I do like the second law suite at the end. The rest in in the middle is is okay. Certainly, it's it's fine. They, they, I mean, there are a couple of songs here as well with Chris singing, isn't there? Yeah, these are and his I, two alcoholic experience songs, aren't they? Liquid yeah. State and Save Me. And while they're fine, I do think part of Muse is to me anyway. It's important that Matt is singing. I do think it's a you know a distinctive quality of of, of Muse songs. But I mean, it, you know, he's only sung two songs in their entire catalogue. So, well, let's hope it stays that way because he's not a good enough singer. Sorry, Chris. I, I you, think you're that's... A great, but you're a great bass player, Chris. I really, really love your bass playing style. I really admire how you've overcome your alcoholism. I admire the fact that you've had six kids and managed to remain sane. So all of that's brilliant. But that does not a singer make not you as does not make you a singer. I'm trying to say get yeah, my words well, in the right well order. Said. Thank you. I think that's quite clear. And Matt is a brilliant singer. So. You know, just, you know, get out of the way of that. Yeah. I think, you know, th- those two songs are, are, are perfectly fine, but I do think on those two songs, they do just sound like another rock band. Yes, I agree. It would be interesting to know what they would like if they were written around Matt's voice rather than Chris's, which would obviously change things like the key of them, I guess, and change other aspects perhaps. Because they're not bad songs, but as you say, they just seem like sort of okay songs by another band. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, the um, the other thing, the opening bit of Explorers reminded me of Man of War by Radiohead. To bring oh, up the, ra- the Radiohead, just like the very tiny little bit at the beginning, to bring yeah, up I mean, the dreaded R word again. Well, we haven't mentioned Radiohead for a while, and for good reason, no, because they don't sound no. anything like them anymore. Um, even though they're bands that started in a similar place and both have tried to be experimental and try different things, they don't sound anything like each other at all now. No. I think, to be honest, I don't think they actually sound that much like each other at all. I mean, 
you know there is a bit on showbiz that's obviously an influence but i wouldn't say they sounded that much like radiohead well i i I would disagree with that but okay let's not you know flog that because i think loads of people have done that and it's it's no criticism radiohead were brilliant and them and coldplay were all sort of contemporaries around the same time all influenced by this fantastic band radiohead and they all developed in very different ways. Hmm. So it's it's no criticism, uh, and like I say, I think it's exaggerated by the similarity of their singing voice. Yeah, I think I think so. I think that's why it's made a, a bigger deal. I mean, obviously, any guitar band starting up in the late nineties is going to be influenced by Radiohead, amongst others like Nirvana as well, and people like those. You, you can't fail to be if you're into that kind of music. No, exactly. And you know, Radiohead themselves were, of course, very influenced by Nirvana and the Pixies and and Pink Floyd and the Smiths. They all were around that time we all were it's it's perfectly understandable it's it's just when you said it then i just noticed that we hadn't actually mentioned them for ages and that's for good reason yeah so which songs are we going to pick then because i feel this might be reasonably easier perhaps well i i think i would like i think i've got my top two or my two favorites rather supremacy and panic station so we're not going for panic station are we because you don't like it no we're not going this is going to be harder than i thought isn't it so what about supremacy i'm okay with supremacy yeah yeah i could say it felt a little bit kind of um uh what they called divine comedy e to me but on supremacy no sorry i'm mixing them up with follow me no supremacy was the one that felt like a bit more like a musical yes that's yeah that's easy yeah sorry i'm mixing yeah, them up it's a bit like it feels like a bond theme to me yeah but i do like it it's good in which case i'd like the other one to either be the second law unsustainable or madness. Take your pick. Um, I will pick. Even though I probably prefer madness, I'm going to pick unsustainable. Okay, that's fine by me. I like them both. So. Yeah, no, I do. I like them both too. Um, so then we come to the ranking of the album. Yeah. Where well, do we go? I, it it doesn't get into the top three. No. I I. So the next thing is the first one outside the top three is Origin of Symmetry. So is it better? I think it's better than Showbiz. So does it go above or below Origin of Symmetry is is my uh, position. And I would probably make the same argument you did on the last one, that I actually think Origin has probably better songs, but Second Law is probably more interesting. Okay. So seeing as you're copying my argument, yeah. I kind of can't really not let you have it, can I? I'm not sure, to be honest. The answer, I, it's, I'm, I'm happy to go with that, actually, anyway, because it's, it's another one where I'm kind of undecided. And again, I, th- I think I actually agree with your copying my argument. Yeah, I'm undecided as well, and I would certainly be happily persuaded that Origin of Symmetry is a better album, because I think you could very easily make that argument. It's just, what what album would I want to put on if I was going to reach for a Muse album? And I'm more likely to put Second Law on over Origin of Symmetry, just because I feel it would be more interesting and give me more depth, more stuff to explore. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I probably marginally yeah, I think I agree with you slightly. I think it's less with the resistance over absolution. I think I would pick the resistance a lot more often whereas second law and origin of symmetry would probably be more of an even choice. But I do I, I agree with you that second law I think is is more interesting. Okay, well let's just do that then rather than talk around it. Okay. Nicely politely being told to shut up. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be polite. I apologise. <laughs> so we're going to go on to drones. Yep, drones is next. 2015. So are we now going to call it on the worst cover? It's 
the worst cover so far. <laughs> I'll take that for the moment. Although you may may see where my argument's going. I may have revealed my cards on that um, one. Yeah, I think it is. It's a bit too clumsy, isn't it? Oh, and, it's rubbish. And I think I might. Let's just go straight into the album here because I think the album is too. Okay. I, I really. What one thing I like about Muse is all the songs about the politics, cons, cons, conspiracy theories, sci-fi stuff, and this is a. I think a rather sort of more clumsy and obvious concept album and I like it sort of just dressed up a bit more and not being so obvious I do think that I mean the songs again I think aren't quite as strong there are some really good songs on it as well there are, there are like sort of two or three I really like but I think generally it is yeah it's just a bit sort of clumsy and and, and, and weak yeah I, 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 I mean that said I do actually still quite like the album but you know in comparison to their other work. Yeah, I think I probably agree. I don't tend to notice lyrics as much as you do. So I don't I, when you say that I kind of tend to agree with you, but I don't use it's rare that I've actually noticed it. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem to sort of land with me so much. But for me this kind of feels like they continue to trying to turn into Queen, but with a lot of electronics which feel a bit in the way. They don't feel to me like they're giving new layers or making things more interesting. It's just making it feel a bit weak and weedy. And you could never accuse Muse of being weak and weedy. That was the opposite of what they were. So, yeah, it, it just feels to me quite an unsatisfying, all right album with a two or three good songs on it. But it's an album I'm very unlikely to put on again. I don't hate it by any means. I don't think it's shit, but I'm not keen. I, I wouldn't say I particularly did notice lyrics that much, but I do think sometimes they do put me off more than anything. And I do think like something like Psycho, which musically is absolutely fine, but the lyrics I just, just hate. I just find it a bit embarrassing, the song. Yeah, I guess I guess I notice lyrics if they're particularly hateful or embarrassing, as you say. But yeah. there's very few... I mean, p- there are certain lyricists that catch my attention. Uh, people like, you know, Morrissey in the past certainly has, and, you know, the obvious people in the past, you know, like... Um, Leonard Cohen? Leonard Cohen, I absolutely adore his lyrics. Obviously, Bob Dylan, Fish from Marillion, I think he's... And sometimes his replacement in Marillion, Steve Hogarth, catches my attention for just how bad they are. <laughs> um, but mostly lyrics, you know, it is, if there's a nice lyrical phrase, obviously, you kind of catch the rhythm of it. But mostly I, they kind of go by me a little bit, lyrics, which I'm trying not to. I'm trying to develop that sense of awareness. Yeah. So are we going to be able to pick two set tracks here? Yeah. That we That we agree with? Well, don't know about that. Can definitely well, pick. I think Re- I, I Reapers mean, is my favourite. Sorry, Reapers is my favourite. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. There you go. I still have the capacity to surprise you. That's a bolt out the blue. I mean, that bass playing on Reapers is pretty, pretty gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, having well, I've just gone back and listened to it, but yeah, I do, I do like that song actually. So I am happy to put that on the list. So, so the second song, I really like. Dead Inside, and The Handler. How do you feel about those two? Yeah, I, I do like both of those. I don't know which I like best. I don't know. I can't really decide. I quite like the way Dead Inside starts. You know, Dead Inside thing, which is obviously they sing in tune and well. But I do kind of quite like that. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not arguing for it. I, I like no. them both. I like them both. I'm very happy if you want to pick it. It's fine. So you you pick, because I can't decide. This is too hard. Um. Well, let's stick with... 
with what we've got. I've heard Dead Inside what, and what Reapers. We got? We've got Dead Inside and Reapers. Okay, all right. Well, let's stick with that then. And now we've got to try and rank the bloody thing. I don't know what to do. Is it? I mean, it's obviously nearer the bottom. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it is at the bottom. Right. Even below Showbiz. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of, when I was making notes on it, I did put, is this their worst album, question mark. But then in, in a sort of numerically, it came out higher than that. Mm. Um, it came out above Showbiz. So, I, I again, I, I'm probably more likely to put this on than Showbiz, I suppose. I don't know. But I'm happy with it to go bottom, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah if you wanted it above Showbiz, I wouldn't be arguing too hard. But uh... No, I'm okay with that. It's fine. It's fine. Let's leave it there, then. So next is 2018 Simulation Theory. So right up to date here with yeah. the absolute latest album. So I'm, I'm guessing when it comes to covers, you're saying this is the worst cover. Well, yeah. I don't know, actually. It, it's pretty awful, I think. It is. It's dreadful. But when it's looking on the screen and it's sat next to drones, it's... Can I say it's worse than drones? It's hard. Mm, I, I, and I, 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 don't, I, say I don't like showbiz either, but... Yeah, it's certainly down the bottom of of their album covers. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for that to be bottom or second bottom album cover. I, I, I kind of thought Drones was worse, but actually as I look at I'm not sure now looking at it again. I'm not sure which is worse, but uh, maybe this one is worse actually. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I just got myself in, in, into a bit of a tizzy with the Drones cover and uh, was unable to see beyond it. But actually looking at this now, I think it's... It, I mean, given how good their cover's got... Uh, it's quite shocking just what the frick happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've no idea what they were thinking. No. The one thing with Simulation Theory, it did the cover, it did get like a proper reaction. When I saw the Drones cover originally, I just kind of thought, oh, that's a bit crap. Whereas I think Simulation Theory, when I did see the, the cover, I, I did think, you know, my my God, what have they done here? Something along those lines. So it did get a, a a negative reaction. So I think it probably is worse. So when we were saying that about drones, we sort of that just led straight into saying, well, yeah, and the album's crap as well, um, which is a bit harsh. That's not it's not crap, yeah. but um, relatively speaking, is the same true with simulation theory, or is this a you know step up again, step back to back to where they were? Or yeah, well, good question. Because I mean, when it came out, I listened to it a couple of times and then didn't listen to it again until we did this i mean dig down which was the first single which came out way before um the album i think is is one of their weakest singles if not the weakest single and fort contagion came out but it wasn't really sort of pushed pressure was the next one and that's that's a bit better so i wasn't kind of like again that excited and i think when i heard it the first couple of times i really was completely underwhelmed Having listened to it a few times, it's really grown on me quite a lot. But it, it's still, I don't think it's it's not going to be racing up our chart for me. I do, I do sort of quite like. It. I'll probably give it a, a couple more listens as well, and just just see where it ends up. I think it, it's sort of it's all right. It's not amazing. It, it it sort of starts quite well, and then it sort of tails off a bit for me. Yeah, I've, I mean, I have a similar a similar thought, but a different relationship with it because I didn't have any awareness of it at all until we started doing this so i had no nothing to go on and was quite 
enjoying the later albums and the variety even though i didn't think they were quite as good i still thought they were just mm. more interesting so i thought in that way it was similar to drones but it felt like it had more energy perhaps more coherence uh, and i respect the fact that they're trying to deepen their ideas and not just produce more of the same but to, for me for my personal taste it just it's too much into the kind of electronic stadium pop and that's just not my thing so don't really have much more to say about it than that it just feels like a little bit like yeah more or less the same as drones but a bit better bit more energy, a bit more coherence, a bit more oomph. A couple of good songs, definitely, but just all right. I do What I do really like is what they've done is with the, the deluxe version, if they basically have um, a second version of the album with all alternate versions. I quite like that idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what fascinates me about the process of putting together an album is there's so many different ways that you can do a song from that original idea, the original whatever it is that you start with, melody or whatever it is that you start with. There's a million different ways that you can then decide to do a song. I don't know how they can be asked to do it, quite frankly. You know, it just feels like sort of like such an unwieldy task to pull those ideas into a into a sort of final product. It is the day job, though. It's not like they have to do it on, a, on an evening or a weekend. Yeah, and, and obviously bands like Muse are adequately compensated for that, but a lot of musicians aren't. They're just kind of, you know, they're, they're not particularly wealthy. Yeah. Um, so it's in some cases it is it isn't their day job in many cases. Although I accept in Muse's case it is. I doubt they have a part time job for a bit of pin money. I imagine they're doing all right. Yeah, I imagine they get by on what they earn. Yeah. So what are we going to pick as songs then? Yeah, good question. I quite, as I said, I think it starts quite well. So I quite like the first three songs and for Contagion. I think they're my probably favourite few. Okay. I mean, I like Algorithm, the first song. Yeah. And the first couple, the first couple of songs are fine as well. I agree that, but I, I wouldn't put them as high as Algorithm. Uh, I quite like Break It to Me, and I do like Dig Down, which you said you didn't. Uh, you said that was a single that really kind of didn't quite work for you, but I actually do like Dig Down. I mean, with Dig Down, it's not that I particularly hate the song. I just think as a single, I thought it was quite weak compared with their other singles. I think out of those two, I would pick Dig Down out of Break It to Me. I wouldn't have never oh. thought you'd picked Break It to Me. So yeah, I would have picked out of those two. I would pick Break It to Me. But I'm happy to go for Dig Down and Algorithm, if you if that's what you prefer. Well, I think definitely Algorithm. I think it probably is my favourite on on the album at the moment. Okay, well, definitely Algorithm. And then um, if you want big, if you prefer Dig Down, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think out of those two. So now we have to rank it. I, I think we agree in in the fact that it's it goes above Drones. Yeah, but Drones was at the bottom. Yeah, wasn't it? so that's not saying a huge amount, but yeah. Well, no, but we need to work. Work it up. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I wouldn't put it up any up any further. I would put it above Showbiz. I think I might even put it. I would put it sort of similar to Second Law kind of level. So I might put it above Origin. Okay. So so well, so, similar. So Showbiz is next. So you want it above Showbiz? Oh yeah. Sorry, I want it above Showbiz. Sorry. Yeah, above Showbiz definitely. So I'm okay with that. I'm not sure about whether Happy going above Origin of Symmetry, which is next. I ju- I just find. Again, this is perhaps where I'm just being a little bit idiosyncratic because for me, I, I just find it a bit boring because I feel like I've heard it all before, which isn't really a fair reflection on how good it is. That's just on my personal experience of just having heard quite a lot of those early Muse albums. Okay. So it's probably gonna... not fair to say what I'm saying. It's probably, if, if you're coming at this from a, a completely sort of blank slate, then I'm okay with it being, am I okay with it being below Origin? Yeah. I kind of get your argument. 
and I'm sympathetic, having used basically the same argument myself. I think this is the thing with Muse is quite often it 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 doesn't seem that sort of logical. Some of it, and it is kind of how you react to it rather than doing them a sort of mathematical and rating each of the songs and they fit together as an album differently. Yeah. Okay. Just put it. You, you decide which side of origin you want it. That's a bit mean. I think I'll I'll leave it here. I think I'll leave it below. But I get I get your argument actually about it. But is it more interesting because it's newer? I think that's maybe what I'm thinking. Whereas to me, I think those early albums sound a little bit dated. But dated because they were pegged to certain points in my time, my life. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that they would sound dated to, a, to somebody coming at it completely fresh. Just dated for me. Um, just because there was a period where I was listening to quite a lot of Muse. So, although actually not particularly Origin of Species. It was more uh, Origin of Symmetry, sorry. Origin of Species was Charles Darwin. Entirely different thing. Yeah, we'll do him on another podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of some of his work, to be honest. Okay, let's finish. We got oh, it. Okay. Okay, so we're going to go through the through the ranking. So do you want to start with eighth? Yeah, can do. So um, eighth is Drones. Okay, seventh is their debut showbiz. Sixth is Simulation Theory. Fifth is Origin of Symmetry. Fourth is The Second Law. Third, Absolution. Second is Resistance. And top album by Muse by our ranking is Black Holes and Revelations. Okay, so that's our list. It's a little bit different this time, I think, because we seem to be judging them on the songs separately and the interestingness, if that's a word, of the album. And interestingness has won through. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, yeah. So reflecting on it, we're a few weeks since we've actually done the main recording now. Are you are you still in agreement with our list? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. I don't, it's actually also the one thing that's different about this is we've largely agreed as well, whereas in the past we've tended to, have, or most of the other ones we've recorded, we've tended to have at least one or two areas where we've come at it from quite a different angle, whereas this we have both sort of agreed on everything, which has probably made it an extremely dull listen for uh, for the poor, long-suffering listener of this podcast. I'm sorry about that, everybody. We should have found something to just disagree on just to make it more interesting. Yeah, well, I think our, our listener will get over it. I'm sure most people, if anyone does actually listen to it, uses it as a sleep aid anyway. Well, you can ask her later, can't you? Yeah, she usually falls asleep uh, after about 10 minutes. Um, as I often do with Muse albums, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, 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 I do think news are very good. Um, you know, really, really good. And as I've said during the podcast, I like it as individual musicians, as singers, as, as everything. But for me, it just it doesn't come together as a band that I really often put on and listen to, uh, which perhaps is why interestingness won through. Just what is standard, just good muse songs aren't quite enough for me anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have them amongst my favourite bands. I'm not sure I have a favourite band anymore, but they're within a group, I guess. But yeah, I, I do think the... I mean, Black Holes and Revelations does balance both of them, to me, best songs and interestingness. So I, I do think that's the right top album. And I quite like our list. I think I probably would put Showbiz a bit higher because I think it is more fun to listen to. And I, I think we'd probably put it right above Origin of Symmetry, so up to... Right. But I think we've got it about right. Yeah, I can see why you say that. I mean, I, I, I could certainly probably be persuaded to put it above Simulation Theory, I suppose. But, I mean, always with a first album, there's a sense of 
well, often, I should say, not always, there's a sense of them finding their sound and sounding a little bit naive, uh, which is true on this one, but it is still a very accomplished uh, first album. But also on first albums, there's a sense of excitement that there's something really different happening here. Uh, and that kind of comes through as well. So I kind of think it's a, a very good but flawed debut. Mm. And better than most bands' debuts, I think. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that's more surprising was the fact that you've quite often your favourite tracks are sort of against type. You've kind of gone for a bit of the poppy stuff as well. Yeah, that may be a reflection on the fact that I haven't listened to the albums enough so that the obvious catchier ones are, uh, are impacting me more. And maybe if I listen to the albums a lot more, I might change my views on that. And you probably, uh, the albums that I've kind of listened to more, which are the Black Holes and Absolution, because those are the two that I own, I have actually gone in slightly different directions there. So maybe maybe it's just a reflection of the other albums I've listened to just less. So I haven't had time to appreciate the less obvious stuff. We usually look for an excuse to stick an extra track on the list. Do we it, do we have a legal avenue here? Or are we kind of like little Donald Trump's desperately seeking uh, a legal way out where there really isn't one? I wasn't going to put forward any tracks for extra tracks because I don't think there is actually any need for them. They don't have extra singles that aren't on albums particularly. There's, yeah, I don't think it justifies it on this occasion. Well, that's good. I'd, I'd like to... I don't want it to become a an automatic thing. It's something that has to go through a, through a process in order to be allowed onto the list. My My pedantic yeah. legal brain insists upon that so i'm quite glad that we're not just sticking it on for the sake of mm, yeah no i do think there has to be a reason to do it and with a lot of bands there are sort of various bits and pieces but there's only really the hullabaloo album which is old sort of early b-sides and there is some decent stuff on there but we have origin of symmetry and showbiz covered anyway there's nothing so amazing on there that needs needs to be shared with everybody so we should say as well, we did actually ask Chris, the bass player, to come on and be interviewed. And uh, what was his reply, Gordon? Okay, well, there you go. That was his reply. So, Chris, if you're listening so to us... That is an exclusive. <laughs> so, Chris, if you're listening to this, you didn't reply. So you've only yourself to blame. And let that be a lesson to other top rock stars that if you don't come on this podcast, you run the risk of not being on this podcast. There, I've said it. Yeah, well, I think that's food for thought. I think so. And that, and perhaps we should end on that nice, serious note. Mm-hmm.